Hi everyone, welcome to Kickoff Labs on Growth. This week, we're going to feature my interview with Bailey Nelson from Glowforge. Glowforge is a desktop 3D laser printer, cutter, engraver. The company raised over $27 million during a 30-day crowdfunding campaign. In this interview, you'll learn how they set themselves up for success by pre-launching the crowdfunding on Kickoff Labs and gathered over 10,000 email addresses with a refer-a-friend campaign. You'll hear how they personalized the campaign in Kickoff Labs, worked closely with the influencers they discovered to keep them engaged, and were willing to give people steep discounts as a reward for bringing on additional customers. They're one of my favorite customers to work with, and this interview gets pretty tactical as we review some of the copywriting and design details that they put into their pre-launch campaign that set it over the edge. are live. Uh, welcome to today's Kickoff Labs marketing chat. Uh, today we are talking to uh, Bailey Nelson from Glowforge uh, and we are going to talk about how to launch the biggest 30-day crowdfunding campaign in history. Um, <laughs> I, it's not just it's not just an exaggeration. I mean you guys they raised uh, 27, uh, 27 million dollars in crowdfunding. Um, by any measure is a phenomenal success. Thrilled to have uh, Bailey here. Um, I'm Josh Legard, if you don't know, uh, founder of Kickoff Labs. Uh, we help people uh, run referral contests, uh, pr- online promotions, and in this case, helped them with a, uh, with a pre-launch campaign that generated uh, over 10,000 emails to seed their initial list um, and really kick off that, that crowdfunding campaign uh, because they had a uh, very systematic way they went about it, um, which we'll get into in the chat. You and I were just chatting before this webinar started, so uh, what's, uh, what's kind of your background and how, how your role has evolved at Glowforge? Yeah, um, my background, I originally started my career in public relations, like at an agency setting, and uh, then I ended up moving back home to Seattle and getting into the startup scene, which led to me meeting uh, Dan, our CEO here at Glowforge, and um, first time with a crowdfund, um, I'd actually really only backed a couple of Kickstarters. Um, and to be clear, this was not a Kickstarter. This was self-hosted. Um, so we didn't have the huge uh, database or the huge community of Kickstarter folks um, to, to, to draw from. So we really had to do that legwork ourselves of getting our list into a good condition. Back up just a little bit, and uh, for people that aren't familiar, can you give people a, a, you know, the pitch about what Glowforge is uh, and what you can do with it? So Glowforge is a 3D laser printer. It's basically a desktop uh, laser cutter engraver. Uh, it's about, let's see, it's about the size of a, a big suitcase or something like that. It sits, sits on your desk, and um, it can cut leather, wood, acrylic, um, different types of plastic, fabric, uh, cardboard, things like that. So everything you see in that picture there um, on sort of our self-mode website, that was made with it. Um, You can see the laptop is engraved because it can engrave on different types of um, metals. And so it's sort of an at-home tool or a small business tool um, for, I mean, a ton of different people. We weren't really sure to what it to who we were marketing to, honestly, at mm-hmm. this point with this page that you see. Um, but now that we've done this really successful campaign, um, we see that uh, it has more use cases than we even imagined everywhere from uh, movie props to, uh, you know, engraving uh, num- serial numbers in medical devices to Etsy stores and on and on and on. That, 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 that's really cool. So where did the initial idea come from for this kind of product? I mean, 3D printers have been talked about for a while where it's, you know, you take the plastic mold and you produce something out of the plastic mold. So where did the idea for doing uh, something that, that does this kind of printing at a more consumer, uh, you know, prosumer, consumer level uh, come from? Yeah, so um, my CEO, Dan Shapiro, he is the creator of the Kickstarter's best-selling board game um, called Robot Turtles. And it's a it's a game to teach uh kids, toddlers age, um, how to, the basics of coding. Basically they 
tell the computer what to do in the form of little turtles that move around. And he did it on Kickstarter, and he wanted to do sort of a special um, prize where a special funder level where, or backer level um, where you could get a physical little turtle to bring around with you. And he likes makerspaces, and he likes tinkering with things. And so he thought, oh, I'll go to a makerspace, and I'll get the little turtles 3D printed. And he did that, and he was just so disappointed with the results. They looked, they took forever to print. They were expensive, and they were just these little plastic things. And 3D printing, traditional 3D printing with plastic filament can be awesome for prototyping and for a lot of things. But he ultimately decided to make some turtles with a laser, with cutting with acrylic, and they were able, he was able to make them look just like the board game pieces. And while working with the laser, he realized that the lasers out there uh, right now are... <laughs> are lacking a little bit. Um, they're hard to use. If you if you buy um, if you buy something on eBay from China, um, I certainly couldn't use it. Um, we have an old Chinese laser here uh, called Hugo, and it has kind of its own old software. It sort of looks like the software was built in 1995, and it took a lot of hand-holding for me to do anything with it. And so we're trying to reimagine that experience by um, bringing the price way down, making it cloud-based, and uh, just making it available for a lot more people to uh, kind of reclaim that idea of making things at home rather than buying them all the time. He really knew, Dan really knew that he had a, struggled with the idea when his two twins, who are seven, uh, started asking him to make gifts or for their friends for birthday parties rather than buy them with the laser. And he was like, oh, everybody could use one of these. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, uh, that's really neat. Um... And you guys ended up rate, uh, generating uh, 10,000, uh, over 10,000 email addresses with the mm -hmm. Labs uh, campaign. Um, and that was before you started asking for, for money. So what made you want to, what made you want to generate uh, leads first before you started just having a page, like a pre-order page? Why not just put up a pre-order page or a Kickstarter page right away? Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I think we had we had sort of an email capture already on the page that had gotten maybe 800 that were just sort of like trickle in. Like Dan had gotten a piece in the New York Times, and a lot of people visited Glowforge.com, but this this old stealth mode website was really very vague and like you really wouldn't know what the product is, and we weren't doing any marketing to drive people to it. And so when they brought me on board, sort of this not this first uh, non-engineer marketing role, um, I was I, I was kind of tasked with choosing like one social platform that we were going to really concentrate on. Um, so is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? And I experimented with some campaign ideas about each of those, and I I, I sort of read. Um, I was doing some research on kind of preparing for a crowdfund, and I happened across the the Tim Ferriss article um, about the Harry's Razor launch, which of course mm -hmm. was Kickoff Labs, but I did not know at the time. And so then I just started researching a ton of different uh, referral campaign, reward campaign, list building, and I thought, you know what, our social platform should be it should be email. Let's invest in email. Let's invest in building an email list and uh, sort of developing a relationship with uh, potential backers via email first and so that's what we did so I just really dug into it and uh, and we did not expect to gather 10,000 that was above and beyond our expectations uh, but it was great it was really nice to know that we would not be launching to crickets. Yeah I mean it's great to, to build a line before you even build the line that way you know you've got uh, you've got an audience you can you can talk to. Um, one of the numbers that stood out, 21% conversion rate is, is, is amazing especially for I tell people when they judge conversion rates, it's kind of based on what the expectation is. And you guys were upfront. I mean, I looked at your page. I mean, there was going to be a cost. You were gonna, you know, it, you were gonna be asking, you know, five hundred thousand dollars or whatever, or not five hundred thousand yeah. dollars, but you know, you were gonna be, asking, <laughs> you know, in the range of over five hundred dollars of, you know, something that people were gonna ask to purchase. And so, you know, it's easy to get a high conversion rate if you're gonna be selling something for five dollars, particularly. But when you're trying to find people who might be willing to invest, you know, the kind of money you guys are gonna charge for this, uh, for for this printer, um, it's it's an amazing conversion rate. Um, and I think that number is helped a lot by the second number, which I'm showing here, which is the the viral boost. And uh, yes. for anyone that doesn't know, within Kickoff Labs, this is the measure of the percentage of leads that came from a customer referral. Um, and you are obviously probably much more inclined to sign up for something if a friend recommended it. And so, you know, this means that of those 10,000 leads, uh, over 7,000 of them were referred from somebody else. 
Yeah, actually, um, and I, I want to explain this without confusing everyone, but actually this was so encouraging to us that we ended up uh, mimicking a similar campaign, uh, a similar referral program into our sales. So right now, if you were to purchase a Glowforge, um, there's a referral campaign to refer people to buy because we found that this like being referred by a friend about our product was so effective. So we actually have two referral campaigns. The one that we're talking about during this webinar today is obviously the Kickoff Labs one, pre-launch only, but we found it so successful that we continued that um, the idea into, into now. So people are still referring their friends for Glowforge. You guys didn't, you know, you, it's a fairly simple page. I mean, I can show the two sides here. You've got a top, top half of the page where it says the 3D, laser, the 3D laser printer that makes beautiful things, you know, you, but you did have, you know, something about this page that stuck out to me that a lot of people forget is, is an incentive. And the next line goes great into the incentive, which says our first Glowforges will be half price. We don't want you to miss out. And so how did you guys come up with that as the incentive for somebody to, to sign up? And then the call to action as a best practice, I, I love that you guys did this. Um, the call to action button matches that headline. It says, you know, half off, please. Um, yeah. And so how did you guys come up with that? And what did you guys, you know, experiment with? Yeah, well, we knew that we were going to launch at um, half price, and Glowforge was half price for um, the first 30 days or so. That's the crowd fund that we're talking about, the amazing $27.9 million. That was, those were all at half MSRP. They're still on sale now for 40% MSRP um, because that's just something we can maintain right now before we're in retail. Um, but we knew that this was going to be extra special because our price point actually begins uh, at began, it's actually raised since then too, but began at $19.95. So um, you're looking at you know a $4,000 machine that they were getting for, for $2,000, and that was just for the basic model. So um, we knew that that was huge, and we knew that our price difference compared to other products, um, other similar products out there, is it, substantial, substantially lower. And so people who did manage to make it onto this site were referred by someone else who's interested in lasers. Maybe it's some guy they know at their makerspace, or they're you know a teacher at a STEM STEM school, and this would be an awesome product to have at their school. So we kind of assumed that they came here knowing that half off was a big deal, and half off is a big deal for many products, right? But we actually we. A-B tested and uh, the heck out of this copy and tried to uh, change it a couple times. I think this is sort of the final variation that um, that you have right here. I do remember um, trying a couple different buttons and seeing which performed better and the half off please is just so um, we actually don't mention here at all anything about referring your friends, right? So they mm -hmm. just think they're signing up for a mailing list, which yep. they are and that's great and that was enough for us and then they get, then they go to the thank you page and see that there's actually an opportunity to to uh, get even more than half off. Yeah, and so, yeah, right sorry, mm -hmm. give ahead to this page since you were talking about it. So yeah, once you yeah. signed up, you sent people to a page uh, that looked, uh, you know, something like this. I'm sure you guys, again, tried a couple different variations. Yeah. Uh, and so talk about the the referral, uh, the referral uh, bonuses that you gave people. So you not only incentivize people to sign up right away with saying, if you know, basically saying, if you want half off, you should sign up now. So now they've signed up, and at this step in the process, you're trying to get them to refer friends. And obviously, it was incredibly successful for you guys uh, with that high viral boost rate. But tell me about how you guys came up with this, uh, with the referral program, and and tell tell everybody a little bit about this referral program you did. Yeah. Um, so first of all, we were really careful with our copy. Um, you can say you see below the um, the link to share. It says, we made these links just for you. We'd be flattered if you used them. Um, so it's sort of not like, we didn't, it's not It's not on brand for us to be really in your face or demanding. Uh, just sort of like, we, we did this for you and we hope that you feel that you have people you can share it with. So that was important. Because the, the referral program, I know, may not seem that it fits well with every type of brand. Um, especially if you've got sort of a luxury feeling brand or a, um, a little, and a more expensive product. And, uh, while while people of course always want to save save money, um, you don't want to sound like you're discounting your product or anything too much. So we had to be very thoughtful about how we executed this. Mm -hmm. um, so what ours looked like was one friend signing up uh, was $100, five friends signing up was $150, and then $200 for 10 friends, and then at 25. <laughs> What we did was when anyone hit 25, I was keeping my eye on it, and I would actually contact them personally and kind of say, hey, like, I noticed that you 
referred a lot of people and um, what's your story and can we work together and so I ended up um, uh, I think it was really really just a handful only 10 people have done it yeah <clears throat> that ended up they, they worked um, somewhere were involved in a really uh, relevant community for us and so we were able to just say can we offer you a bigger discount to reach even more of your community and uh, tell even more people about Glowforge and and uh, and then I don't know if you want me to get into this now, but this also uh, we also had email triggers with each of these with each of these milestones, which we found very effective and uh, pretty much the key to the success of this. Yeah, so I want to I want to go into both things. So I actually yeah. am intrigued by the the personal uh, the personal reach out. And so I get this we get this question a lot, which is, hey, if somebody does hit a high number like twenty five or fifty, you know, referrals, you know, what what should we do for them to to make it worthwhile? So. Um, and you were reaching out personally to each of these because you knew the number was going to be was going to be low enough that you could do it. Yeah, um, yeah. And was that worthwhile for you guys to reach out personally to them? Did you guys get uh, get a good return on on your time being invested in, in working with them directly? Yeah, I think so. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a large number, and it and it was a it was an easy exchange. It was sort of like, oh, we're gonna kind of unlock your and unlock your. Um, Ref, not refund, a uh, discount amount. So for every 10 more you get, it'll be another $100 or, or whatever it is. I can't actually remember exactly what we offered, but um, it, was, it was pretty simple and it was, it was just like we were just able to kind of add that to their account when they made the purchase. And, and, and they were people, I mean, if they had referred 25 people, they were people who, they were people who knew people and <laughs> who would be yeah. interested in Glowforge. And those, those, especially at this early time, we weren't really sure who those people were. And so that was really valuable to us. And it was just cool to see who these people were. I mean, that was interesting. I was, you know, you guys get this random name and you're like, what do you do that you know all these people that are interested in buying a laser? Um, and it turns out that they, you know, were involved with some kind of fabrication or um, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So it, it turns out they really were influencers in your space. Like they really exactly were influencers. That's a great way to phrase it. Mm -hmm. Something else that's a best practice on this page that that I love is that um, you had a, a you know friend sign up at a level, and I tell people this all the time, is that they need to have a level that feels achievable, like two or three, because yeah. I know if. If you asked me today, you know, go get, you know, 10 people to, to do something, I couldn't get 10 people to do anything today. Like, I just couldn't organize them. I couldn't get them to do it within a, within a day's time, and it would take a lot of effort. But if you said, hey, could you get, you know, you know, one to two or two to three people to sign up for something, I bet I could get one to two people to sign up for just about anything in a, in a day, um, in, in a day's time. And so why... Why did you, that's why we tell people to start out with a really low number for the first reward. What made you guys choose one and five uh, for, your, for your first numbers there? Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. It feels attainable, um, and you probably have one friend that you could at least say, you know, I, not that that's what we want. We want people who are hopefully also interested in a Glowforge, but most people have at least one friend that they could text and say, can you sign up for this because it'll help me get $100 off. Um, yeah. And so it's just something that they could do right then, right? Because yeah. like you said, if it was 10, if it's 10 or if it's 20 or something like that, that's like, oh, that's going to take me weeks and I'm going to have to share it again and again. Yeah. And so we were hoping that it's just like, you know, put this out here now, see if someone, and I mean, and tons, tons of people did and, uh, and and I remember looking at the data later, and and many people only referred one person, but you know that that doubled, that doubled, and then you know sometimes that one person they referred was was huge for us or, or whatnot. So. And so that's why we did that. Um, tell us uh, tell us tell us about the triggers. Uh, the, the, so you mentioned the email triggers at one and five, and and so what happened mm -hmm. at each of those levels that people achieved? Right. So upon sign up. Um, for the mailing list, uh, they got an email from me. We decided to use, uh, although although my CEO Dan is sort of the main uh, public figure for the brand these days, um, for the referral campaign, the email referral campaign, it was really me, and so it was all written in my voice. It was very, um, I mean, you'll see that as sort of a trend for companies right now. You'll see, I mean, I see emails from Josh from Kickoff Labs and and whatnot, but uh, so lots of lots of. Uh, executives or marketing people try to kind of humanize and create a character and online persona for themselves that uh, potential customers can meet and uh, feel feel connected to in some way um, and we wanted to do that uh, because we felt I was relatable and I'm also not a super 
laser aficionado. I'm kind of like a normal person that <laughs> thinks that this is cool and is learning how to use it along with you. And I think that was friendly. And so, um, so yeah, so there was an email from me for each one. And in each one, I had a different laser item. So uh, there was a selfie of me in each one. That I would be like, this is my phone. This is not a laser item. But I'd be like, wow. I made this really amazing laser engraved phone case. This is not one example, but um, in each one. So one, I had a pair of um, leather laser made sandals that one of our designers had made specially for my feet here. One, I had this really cool travel purse that zipped up. And so many people responded to the emails. I got every time, I, I, just the whole campaign, I would get so many responses. I'm so excited for Glowforge. That's so cool. How did you make that? Can it do this? Would this work with that kind of material? Um, it just got people so excited to see that we really already had a product and uh, we're doing things with it. And uh, that was just invaluable. And then actually on our launch day when I had this list of you know, 10,000 plus people, I sent out an, a, an email to them to announce that we'd launched because they were supposed to be the first to know, you know, and it was a picture, a selfie with me and the Glowforge, and it was the first time, like, they'd ever seen, actually, Glowforge, and it was taken uh, in a hotel room. Uh, we were about to take the Glowforge to Maker Fair New York the next day, and we had it in the hotel room, and I was trying to take a selfie with the Glowforge behind me, and it's really silly, but it kind of went along with the whole story, and so that was all of the Kickoff Labs folks first glance, first shot at the Glowforge, and then they could click right to our site and see that it was available for um, pre-order. So it was just a really, like, fun experience for everybody who got had gotten several emails from me, from me. They were getting emails from you, so they were getting the trigger emails if they reached referral mm -hmm. target. And then what were you guys doing throughout the process of your launch, um, like, to, to keep in, in contact with them and be leading up to that pre-order? Um... We didn't. We did a couple emails, maybe the couple weeks before. We didn't do much. We really didn't want to like infiltrate people with a ton of emails. Mm -hmm. But um, I think in I think in maybe the first sort of like you signed up for our list one, they were um, encouraged to follow us on social, and we did a couple updates mm -hmm. about when we'd be launching then. But we were pretty hush hush about our dates until maybe two weeks before. I think we did email everyone and say, hey, we're going to be launching in two weeks, and so if you are you know only one or two away from your next. Uh, your next referral level, do that yep. now because I'd love for you to be able to get $300 off because it did stop. It did, They weren't able to refer yep. more uh, come September 24th. So we did a couple uh, couple separate campaigns, but we, we kept it to a minimum. We didn't want to drive people crazy. Like, this is not a company I want to buy something from and then hear from every week. So, yeah. But, but I think the, the point being, you guys didn't just, you know, not communicate to them at all, and then several right. months later, you send out a mail say, "Hey, buy our product with this selfie." Like yeah. that wasn't the only mail that most people, no. the only communication you guys were working towards. You were trying to tell a little bit of a story through social, tell a little bit of a story through yes. uh, through the referral emails that were going out, and then you sent, like you said, those reminders saying, "Hey, in two weeks, we are going to be giving yeah. you an opportunity." So you prepped them. So when that mail came. Um, so that when that first pre-order mail came, uh, it was uh, it was not a shock, and people remembered who you were. Right, exactly, and and uh, and I think that that also felt like something that they exclusively got to know because we didn't post anything on social that we were launching a pre-order in two weeks or anything like that. It was sort of like that group got to know, and I I believe we we wrote that pretty intentionally so they would know that they were really getting the first. Like get you know check your email that morning it's going to be there and um and and we actually sold it I mean we made our first million dollars in 14 hours so we sold at such a rate that for some people getting in there that that first day was really important to them to make sure that their place in line was as early as it possibly could be. I love people that just lead into the next question, which was uh with a question oh. all the time is is you know hey I got 10,000 people what could I possibly expect you know those those 10,000 those 10,000 people to do so. Um, if you can share a little bit about the initial early results that you saw from the pre-order, um, what happened when you guys did open the pre-order now that you had a, a, an email list that you announced it to? Yeah, so we sent out the, we sort of had like a big, you know, big launch day. Um, we had a, you know, press and a press release and we were launching at an event, um, although the event was on day two. So launch day we weren't actually at an event, but sent out that the email and it was sort of acted as a, um, like, pa like patient zero, you know what I mean? You can think of our kickoff labs, uh, people sort of as patient patient zeros for, for us where, 
even if they didn't buy, because um, I, I don't have I don't have numbers on exactly how many of people from Kickoff Labs purchased. I could do some data digging, but I, I haven't done that recently. I, I do know it converted pretty well though. Uh, but but they sort of like even if they were already excited about it, so even if they maybe couldn't afford to buy or whatnot, a lot of them posted about it. A lot of them uh, wrote back and were excited. And so yeah, I mean we just saw an incredible response. Um, sales went faster than we expected, and we had we had sort of a internal, wow, it would sure be great if we could hit $2 million in our uh, 30 days, and we hit that in like two and a half days or something like that, and we were just like, wow, this is it's great, it's exciting, and uh, we both of, the, both of these campaigns, the pre-launch referral campaign and then the actual crowdfund itself, both were far larger, larger and more successful than we could have dreamed with such mm -hmm. a small team, so exciting. So let's uh, go back in time a little bit. I want to talk about mm -hmm. the the gathering those those the initial emails. So you set up that that page once you started collecting the email addresses. You know, using uh, using your site and Kickoff Labs to power the referrals. Um, yes. How did you go about promoting that page, and what kind of worked and what didn't work? Promoting it. Um... We well so so prior to launching Kickoff Labs, we had an existing email list, like we'd had just a, I don't know, Google Forms capture or something like that um, to collect emails. And when I when I came on board, I think there was maybe, there was less than a thousand. Um, and, and so I was like, wow, we really need to get more. And so we did send an email to everyone who was already on our list because in some ways those were the people that were most excited. They'd been sort of following Glowforge ever since. They'd seen a couple of teaser articles about that Dan and Tony were starting a company and, and it was going to be something to do with lasers. And so they'd been on since that. And, uh, and so we, we definitely like wanted them in our campaign. So we actually emailed them to let them know. We, we created their link for them, their kind of um, their social ID, and we sent them an email with it. And we're like, hey, we're, we're doing this program now. If you wanted to refer friends, we want to make sure that you're going to be able to get a discount because you're our most, you're our first backers. And so that was sort of the first way we did the first, and one of the, the biggest things we did to promote it. And again, that was sort of like a patient, patient zero situation where uh, a lot of them had influential communities and uh, helped kind of get the ball rolling for us. Um, another thing that kind of happened to us, and this was really totally by accident, but we ended up on the front page of Reddit accidentally, uh, believe it or not, because if any marketers out there have ever tried to market on Reddit, it's not a great idea. <laughs> they don't like it. <laughs> um, I, you know, if you're on Reddit, it's not, you don't go to Reddit to see advertisements. You go to Reddit to be real and talk about cool things that people are doing or, or whatever, talk about anything. But we, it was after we'd launched um, our Kickoff Labs campaign and we, overnight got, I don't even know, 400 or 700 signups or something, and we thought, wait, what? And uh, we had a picture, uh, an image on our website of uh, a Settlers of Catan board that was uh, laser engraved and cut, and it's gorgeous. And someone had pulled that and put it on Reddit, and then someone had said, oh, it's from this website. Anyway, and so that kind of that kind of gave us another like accidental organic boost, mm -hmm. um, and we did some follow up on Reddit. We actually ended up hiring an artist to make that game board so that we owned the design and were able to offer it to people who were interested. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was kind of an accidental promotion. We, we and then we had some more press that promoted the page, and we had sort of um, let's see, what else did we do? A little bit on social, I think we, but oh, but you know, the main thing was that it just sort of did it itself because mm -hmm. people were tweeting, tweeting the link so much. I mean, I mean, Blowforge was on Twitter thousands of times before it even launched. It, it was almost a little bit like we actually had to make some rules about <laughs> with our community about like not just spamming their referral link on every topic. <laughs> like we'll cut you off, and uh, which was kind of funny to have to do. We didn't expect for it to be like that successful. So yeah, that's 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 really neat. Um, so I love the story. Uh, I love that story about the the happy the accidental promotion, and that's it's great that you guys ran with it because that's that's how a lot of things happen. Like all of a sudden, people will notice like, hey, this community online mentioned this, and you know it happened because you had a great hero image shot on your website, um, right. and then from that hero image, you know people took you know people took action and said, hey, this hero image is really cool because you created something that was shareable. It was really cool, yeah. and then you guys went and just and kind of further encouraged it like by producing it by licensing it uh, and making and making it work um, and so 
what you know, and 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 it's great to hear that people are sharing, almost oversharing the uh, the referral list. Yeah. Are there things that you guys tried to do to market that say didn't work very well? Um, not not really. Like like I said, like because before launch, we just couldn't share a lot about our product, and so we. We, we we really were being a little bit more stealth and weren't doing too many big initiatives to push it. Like, we launched this uh, kickoff lads campaign in, I think, um, exactly two months before we launched. So it was about eight weeks that we collected all those um, all those addresses. And in that time, we were also, like, building the new website, and I was project managing that and, so, <laughs> and sort of building, building the referral campaign into it and stuff. And so... No, we just kind of let it do its thing, believe it or not. Um, I mean, we had a little bit of press, a little bit of pre-launch press, and that drove impressions um, to the site and helped. And helped, But, I mean, it honestly got to a point where I think if we had kept it going past launch, we could have gotten even more and more and more because it just sort of gets exponential. It got to a point, I remember, like, I used to go home and get on TweetDeck and see how many people were tweeting their referral links and, like, be really excited if it was five, and it got to a point where it was, like, 20 and then it was 50 and I just couldn't even keep track of it anymore and so it just really kind of like it just started working once we were at a certain number. Did you guys invest in any advertising? Pre-launch? No. We did not. No. Since the pre-launch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, since the pre-launch we've done, uh, we do uh, Facebook ads. That's been our big one. And we did, uh, and, and actually the reason that we were like, hmm, Facebook might be a great place for us to invest was because of Kickoff Labs because we saw it as a big, um, big referral source. Um, Twitter, Twitter too, but Facebook because Facebook, had, we had this like beautiful shareable image. I think you might have a picture of that that like our co-founder whipped up that had some, had some uh, cool Glowforge made crafts in it. And uh, so we saw people sharing that a lot too. Did you guys, um, you know, go through a couple of variations of this? Um, yeah. Yeah, we definitely did because, um, I mean, like I said, when this started, it was kind of just me working on it, and it was I had been tasked with finding something to that was, you know, going to be the winner for us, our, our, a social platform to concentrate on, and I said, ah, email or referral campaign, that's what it's going to be. And so it was really kind of just my pet project at first, and so I had made, and I'm not a designer, I had made a little, a little image like that on, um, you know, um, I don't know, some design program online that just wasn't as beautiful or, and, or up to par um, with the, the Glowforge design standards as um, our co-founder Tony would like. And so when we saw how much that was getting shared, he was like, uh -huh. oh, we better have a much better image. And so, I mean, and so it's funny, you can see there that um, it says half off, please. Um, but that's not actually a button. That's just an image. And so it just, yep. we sort of like replicated the experience of the website there. And yeah. No, I mean, I find it's a great technique, and and some people ask, you know, sh you know, should they have the text in that image or just the the hero image of the shot? I like I, I like this combination of the the text in the image and the, and the copy because you guys had such great copy and you were consistent with the message between the image and the and the and the copy because you know it says Glowforge, um, the desktop laser, uh, so it's a great like immediately you're saying what it is. And then you're mm -hmm. saying what you can do with it, create beautiful things quickly from leather, wood, fabric, paper, and more. Um, and then you're saying, um, you know, get half off. You're back to your half off copy. But then the text headline says, secure your Glowforge laser printer for half, half the price. And something that I see a lot of people do when they're marketing is they feel like, well, they've, I've already said half off, so I don't need to say it again. And so they'll say something else. And then yeah. before you know it, in a tiny little advertisement space, they've said three or four different things. And I said, well, why don't you stick with the main message, which is what it is in it in, in your 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 offer? Um, I said, well, I already said right. that. And, and but you don't realize that people who are looking at this on their Facebook feed, they may only read one of the three different things that show up here, right? And so you want to make sure they're consistent and they're saying the same thing. And and you guys did a great job with that throughout the. Uh, throughout I, I think that's another thing that we tested actually too. I, I do remember doing a couple iterations of this copy and really deciding to focus on one thing. And because something like this pre-launch was pretty challenging actually, because we didn't have any images of a product to share. Yep. <laughs> so it was kind of like, what is it? And so instead, we really had to lead with the things it can make and really just that half off, like. We know you might not fully understand what the product is, but you can get it for half off. So just make sure that you're you're uh, looped in, so you don't miss out on that. Yep. And then this is, I think, the uh, the email copy in the end you had when somebody would click email a friend. Uh, and right. It's a little bit small to read, probably, but uh, just to say, 
The subject is simple, Glowforge 3D laser printer. Um, and the copy says Glowforge is launching their 3D laser printer soon, and the first units are going to be half off. I just signed to be notified and you're available. You should too. Um, yep. And so you're, you're kind of just pre-populating an email with a really simple message. Yeah, and I'm sure people changed it and whatever, but the core message being there uh, is important because maybe a lot of people didn't change it, and that was just, you know, we could try to have a little little control over making sure uh, they explained it right. Um, I remember that was the notified. I signed up to get notified. The notified word was one that we played yeah. with a lot, like um, with the half off, please. I think for a yeah. while we had notify me, and we just yeah. we tried a, different, a couple different things. You went through a fairly typical progression. I mean, I think uh, Izzy yeah. did some research and pulled up that you guys went from uh, looking at the web archive of the page. You guys went from a simple like like sub submit on the Google form page <laughs> to subscribe, which is slightly better than submit, and then to notify yep. me, and then eventually to the to the get half off on, on the page. And, yep. and that's you know people start to realize how important that call to action is to align with uh, align with your incentive and. I'm sure each one of those changes made a, a step, a, a good change in the conversion rate. We also did a lot of testing with um, the different uh, the the different places that we had the email capture. Like I don't know if you can tell from the shots that you had, but we had it you know, right there front and center on the page. Yeah, and then we had one at the yep. bottom. <laughs> we had pop-ups. <laughs> we had all sorts yep. of stuff. <laughs> That, that's what I said. Like, you didn't miss an opportunity to make sure people knew there was an email sign up. So you had no, uh, this is this is a kickoff labs exit intent widget. It looks like popping up saying, you know, sorry for yeah. popping up, but we don't want you to miss out. <laughs> um, again, I, I I love the person personality to the copy because you know you don't just say don't miss out. You're not shouting at the person. You're just like, oh, sorry, I want to do this, but I just want to make sure you know. Um, it's I had really to I had to feeling. fight for the. I had to fight for the bounce widget a little bit. I remember not not fight for it, but you know I had to really um, I had to think about it because it, it does feel a little in your face, a little rude or something. You know, uh -huh. a pop up. Everyone hates pop ups, um, so I looked very carefully over uh, how effective it was. And I I, I remember we tried um, different different times, like have it have it bounce after however many seconds. Um, but we found it effective. I mean, it was it was gathering addresses. Um, certainly the most effective. I remember at one point it had a breakdown of where on the page people were actually choosing to submit um, and there was a time that the one on the bottom was was more um, even though it just it does, doesn't it doesn't have as much like fun copy um, it has a half off please and everything but I think it was just because people needed to read the website yep. and I just wanted it to be there again because you know goodness forbid that they <laughs> forgot <laughs> so uh, yeah and I think we even ended up putting the the uh, the uh, email capture on Dan's blog at one point too. So we just tried all sorts of things to get get um you know the best yep. that we could out of this, and we were really happy with it. Yeah, I think the reality is with a with a product like this, you never really know what copy is going to convince somebody that yeah, this is this is it for me, right? Yeah. Like it could be like somebody was reading you know the top of the page, and like oh, I'd love to make something like that looks like that at the top of the page, and. They sign up at the top of the page, and you know, then the, that doesn't convince people. They get down to the bottom, and it says, it says, uh, oh, you know, push button printing. Oh, I could go for push button pr button printing, and then that's the one that convinces them. And when somebody makes the decision, they say, I'm interested. You guys had a form there to capture to to capture exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. Um, then uh, going back to, I know we're skipping around a lot. Yeah, um, I keep bringing up different things. <laughs> this was the tweet that you guys had to. Uh, this is this is this the tweet you guys saw a lot of on on Twitter. Yeah, and again, I mean, we iterated this one a few times too. But um, uh, yeah, I'm already on the list. Please retweet. And people did. It was crazy. I um I was I wasn't sure if that was gonna if if I wasn't sure how comfortable people were really gonna be with tweeting this kind of thing because I know sometimes I enter really cool contests to you know win a apartment make a. Uh, makeover and everything like that but you have to you know tweet all these links at your friends and it feels spammy and a lot of people are just hesitant to do that these days and so um, I just wanted to make this really straightforward I'm already on the list that sounds like we wanted to make it clear that it wasn't like I, we wanted to make it clear that the person tweeting it was like already on the list like I'm already doing this like you tr you know me and you know that I wouldn't yep. do something that's going to be annoying or spammy or <laughs> anything, and so so you know me, and I'm on the list, and I guess that was the idea behind it, sort of this consistency of um, you you trust my judgment, you should check it out. Yep. 
And it's, yeah, that's the idea behind a whole referral campaign, right? Um, yep. It would be so interesting if we could really delve into how many, how the, the numbers between uh, referring people that you actually know in person and mm -hmm. then just maybe influencers that you follow and which one's more powerful. Because I, 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 I would wager that it might be people that you know in person for, for messaging like this. When you came in from a, a referral, it would actually say, "I would actually say, you know, Bailey thought you'd like this." And if we had a picture of Bailey, we'd put a picture of Bailey there on on, on the website, and that yes. again related to making it more personal, like you're doing with the rest of your copy. Yes, and we, yeah, what we, how we did that was, I mean, we worked on a custom customization with you. Um, I believe we did that through full contact, meaning that it uses the person's email address to pull their pull their photo from any public social handle or anything like that. So yeah, if I click through and say, Bailey's going to uh, Glowforge at half price and she doesn't want you to miss out. And it that was pretty cool. We had so many people that were like, wait, whoa. And, um, and we actually <laughs> Did you get the email post. say, how did you get Bailey's picture? No, no. The, we, we were wondering if people would be freaked by it, but I think we all know that our faces are very public online yeah. if we've allowed them to be. It can't be too surprising anymore. Uh, but we uh, continued that personalization um, into our, our current uh, referral program to ease the faces because we thought that was pretty effective. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually totally forgot that we did that with Kickoff Labs as well, and that's that's where the genius began, of course. <laughs> um, what advice, or if somebody asked for advice, what advice would you give people who are d going down a similar path? I mean, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely advise that they invest in doing our cus any customizations that they think are going to make it better. Um, I mean, one thing that I remember having to uh, ask a designer for, or uh, just pushed back on a couple times was that we really wanted the you know the like blue the blue lines uh, how many you've gotten we really wanted the like chevron the arrows pushing forward yeah. we thought that that visual was so important and I remember like feeling silly having to be like okay but can it look exactly like this and drafting it up but I, I think those details are why it was so effective I mean uh, I worked really hard on the emails and um, the selfies and all that and I think um, I think we could have totally launched this with a third of the effort and it would have done okay and I think really the the so if I was going to do it again um, I would you know put this much effort maybe even more if that's that's possible into it because I think just the extra personalization and the extra you know making it feel our, our main goal with the reason that we did it custom and the reason that we wanted um, we wanted you know all the specific copy and everything we wanted this to feel we, we you know our ideal situation was that someone comes in through Kickoff Labs and then eventually purchases the Glowforge and then they're a Glowforge owner and we will have an ongoing brand relationship with them for years as they use their Glowforge and we wanted this to feel seamless, like not feel like a totally different company that was maybe trying to sell you something and then hopefully you bought it and we wanted it to feel seamless and, and, and so since our website has changed it, maybe not completely seamless but the, the feeling behind it, the not being too pushy, um, and just putting in that extra work with the with the personalization um, was just so worth it. Tell, tell me a little bit about the um, the personalization and the, and the copy because I, I think when you say the level of detail and, and considering you know thinking about the detail, when I look at all the assets now put together for the campaign and, and I see it, it fe it feels like you guys sweated like every every word of, of copy. Um, there, yeah. And I think that's a good thing. But tell me about the process of how you guys kept evolving the copy. Yeah, and I, I told um I told uh, your other team members that I'd share some of the emails that are the Bailey emails that came at the one and five. So um maybe those will get posted in a follow up post so you can see the actual copy. But I mean, literally the process was. Dan and I and uh, whoever else we could wrangle in sitting in a room and uh, talking through the copy and me reading out loud and saying, does this sound, you know, I want to sound genuine. Like, I want to get people excited about Glowforge, but I don't want to come across as, uh, you know, I'm just pushing something on you and it's an expensive product and we do want people to buy it who who want it and who are excited about it and um, and so yeah I mean it was it was <laughs> it was a process of sitting down and writing it out loud together and uh, a little painstaking at times. Uh, and uh, but just that extra effort, I don't know. It's we've that's how we can kind of continued with everything we write here, and uh, I think I think it makes all the difference. And I, I wouldn't have believed that like a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I, I tell people all the time is like no matter what the visuals are on the page, you, you can't be sloppy with with the words because the web. I mean, if you look at websites, no matter what website it is, 
it's generally at least 70-80% text. It's not, mm. it's not the 30%, but people, I mean, it's important to sweat both aspects, and, and I always tell, tell uh, customers that the visual should back up the copy, and the copy should back up the visuals. Neither one should have to stand on their own, um, but if you had to pick one to stand on their own, it should be the copy. Um, yeah. It should, should be able to stand on its own. Like if somebody were just reading it through a screen reader or just text, it should tell a compelling story and sound and sound compel and sound interesting to folks. Well, and especially for us and maybe other companies who are using this as a pre-launch or like a teaser campaign or what uh, whatnot. I just didn't I didn't have amazing visuals and I didn't have a lot of like specific product information that I could share. So I really needed to get people excited um, with you know the idea behind the company and the people at the company and the things that we were making because um, I didn't have a beautiful hero shot of the Glowforge to show them and I didn't have a detailed tech spec page to show them so the, the the copy being more about the people and like you being part of this big big new thing that was coming was I had to do that that's that's what I had to to give them you know <laughs> and a couple, a couple more questions that um, I'm just kind of, kind of pulling from the chat that just recently yeah. came up. Um, you know, it said you said we talked earlier about the 10 people that got to to 25. Um, how did you guys, you know, manage uh, manage fraud, like people trying to take advantage of the referral, and 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 did you see much of that? Was it a big problem for you guys? Yeah. Oh, I, that's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, no, we did not see a lot of it. We saw a few individual cases of it and I actually reached out to those people and told them like I can tell that you just made five variations of your email address you know Mike plus one at gmail.com and Mike plus five and I was referring himself I mean it was it was seriously so isolated and I was actually very worried about it um, because I sort of did a mock of this campaign before it went or, and before I said it live and I sent it to our team um, which at the time was like you know four software developers or something and right away they did that <laughs> Mm -hmm. And made a bunch of big email addresses, and they were like, "This is what people are going to do." And I was like, "Oh no, oh no, that's terrible." Um, but that that wasn't the case, and and so I mean, I I didn't do anything very technical to manage it. I kept a close eye on our submissions, and uh, mm -hmm. they were pretty easy to spot. And I know that you guys had some documentation talking through how one might manage um, fraud, and uh, they basically just got removed from the list for doing that. We had some like rules and regulations, and it, it wasn't an issue. A quick question from the from the stats, and I can't uh, I can share my screen really quickly. But on the total conversions, there's one day in particular, like you've got this constant spike of about 300 conversions per day over the the two months, um, and then there's one day where it looks like you get up to over 900 uh, email addresses collected in that one day. Do you recall what happened on that day? I don't recall. I mean, there's a couple things that it could have been. It could have been um, it could have been the Reddit day. Uh, like I said, Reddit, Reddit sort of spiked maybe the day after even, just because mm -hmm. that, like, I think we saw on Google Analytics something like, you know, 1,200 people came to our page from Reddit, and then 400 of them or something signed up, and then um, a lot of them shared. And so I actually think that might have been Reddit Aftermath. Um, also, one of our investors, Brad Feld, has um, a great blog and talks about new products that he has mm -hmm. invested in or just thinks are rad. And um, I know he, when he posted about us that that was uh, one of our bigger days, too, so that could have been it. But I'm, I'm thinking that it was Reddit, which was, again, just sort of an accident that we were <laughs> lucky enough to have happened to us and then acted quick. I mean... That was one of the days that I was at the office till after midnight, uh, lasering up a board for the the post so that we could give them the files, which are actually still um, still live if you if you want them. <laughs> How would you say Kickoff Labs worked for you guys? I mean, <laughs> I think right now, if you ask any of our co-founders, um, one of the main successes behind our our launch in general was referral. Uh, so I think it worked great. I think. Um, I think it was a really a nice way to start off my time here at Glowforge with a bang. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I was so pleased to have it be so easy for someone non-technical um, like me. Um, I mean, although I work at a hardware startup and stuff, I don't have any coding experience or anything really. And I just had this idea and they let me run with it. And um, I was really able to be the the main contact and the main project manager of the whole thing and have a lot of control over what the end result looked like, and I'm just a marketer. <laughs>
is there anything that you uh, thought that you know I should have asked or that we should have asked that we didn't or anything we didn't touch on that you kind of wish or were prepared for? I think I, oh I guess I mean I know that when I was sort of starting the campaign uh, the thing that was really flummoxing to me was I didn't know what to offer as reward levels like mm -hmm. it was really hard to determine I thought it was tricky to determine like what people were going to deem valuable on a two thousand dollar purchase because the Harry's campaign I mean we were like we were looking at that and it was so hugely successful but they were able to you know offer a five dollar reward or a, you know low, low value actual physical items that people would get we didn't have anything like that and for a while we played with like oh if you get ten friends should you get X percent off of purchases from our catalog that won't be launched for months and months and that didn't sound very exciting and so we played with so I, I think um, I don't. I don't have a lot. A lot. Anything really scientific to share with you about how we came yeah. up with the numbers? But um, <laughs> we thought $100 sounded like a good discount, and it and it was, and um, it was enough to really, um, really get people to. I think I, I. I always would love to know like a parallel universe if we had started with $50, if it would have been half as effective. You know, I think $100 feels like a lot to people, um, even though it's really a small amount on this giant purchase. So figuring out yeah. reward levels is probably so different depending on your product. Yeah, and, and I think you guys went about it the right way. Um, and, and like you said, you have to weigh it against you know the cost of the the product, and you sort of consider it like a marketing budget. If you're willing to give a discount in, in right. exchange for the referral, like how much is a referral worth to, to right. you? And and the only generalized advice is, is what we talked about earlier that I give people, which is make sure to have something at both the low end and the high end, and be prepared for you know. A couple at the high end, you know, a smaller percentage, obviously, and at the low end, be prepared that there's, you know, if you do one to two or you know within five, there's going to be a great deal of people that fall within that range. And so, what can you do to make those people feel special at scale? Um, yeah, and I cool. need help. I, I, love, <laughs> I, I, love, I love the, I love, I, like I said, I love the concept of the product. Um, I, I love the story. Um, you did an amazing job managing this campaign. Um, you. you guys are fun to work with. Uh, you know, one of my favorite customers that we've uh, worked with so far. Um, and it, it wouldn't have mattered if you guys had collected it. For it would have mattered, but it wouldn't have mattered if you guys had a thousand or ten thousand emails. I, I would have wanted to tell your story because I just think that you guys uh, did a great job all the way through the through the process that and way that other people could learn from and hopefully have learned from throughout this uh, this webinar. Um, yeah. and so check out Glowforge. Um, if you haven't, check out kickofflabs.com uh, if you want to run your own pre-launch uh, campaign and gather email addresses and specialize in. Thanks for listening. It's been fun to watch the downloads happen from all over the world of our first two podcast episodes. Uh, shout out to most of the seven continents so far. If you like this episode, give us a positive review in iTunes or your favorite podcasting service and let me know at josh at kickofflabs.com.